This episode is brought to you by Bumble. So you want to find someone you're compatible with, specifically someone who's ready for a serious connection, totally open to having kids in the future, is a tall rock climbing Libra, and loves rom-coms with vegan pizzas on Tuesdays just as much as you do. Bumble knows that you know exactly what's right for you. So whatever it is you're looking for, Bumble's features can help you find it. Date now on Bumble. In this episode, an update on the Warhol Foundation versus Goldsmith copyright case, which is at the Supreme Court. Welcome back to the Fine Art Photography Podcast. In this episode, I'll discuss the Supreme Court oral arguments in the case of Andy Warhol Foundation for the Visual Arts, Inc. v. Goldsmith. First, two caveats here. One, I'm not an attorney, I'm a photographer. And two, as a photographer who occasionally licenses my own work, I'm naturally supportive of Lynn Goldsmith in his case. As a brief recap of the history here, Lynn Goldsmith is a photographer who is well known for her celebrity portraits. She was paid a fee by Vanity Fair magazine in 1984 for a one-time license to provide a head-and-shoulders portrait of Prince as a basis or reference material for Andy Warhol to create a magazine illustration for Vanity Fair. NPR reported that Vanity Fair signed a document promising to use the photograph only once in the magazine. Now, unbeknownst to Goldsmith, Warhol, who may not have even known about the licensing agreement between Goldsmith and the magazine, created a whole series of 16 variously colored portraits from the photograph, one of which was later, and without a new license or any permission at all from the photographer, used by a Condé Nast tribute publication after Prince's untimely death. Keep in mind, Warhol died in 1987, so this suit involves the Warhol Foundation. The suit challenges the Warhol Foundation's claim that the Warhol works were fair use because they were transformative and that they owed Goldsmith no further payments. Furthermore, Warhol copyrighted the 16 Prince variations, and the Foundation has been selling reproductions for years. A federal appeals court heard the case and decided on behalf of Goldsmith which I happen to think was the correct decision. I listened to the entirety of both sides' oral arguments before the Supreme Court the other day, which included a friend of the court brief from the U.S. government on behalf of Goldsmith, the photographer, regarding the copyright law. In other words, the U.S. government believes that Goldsmith is in the right here in this case. While generally to me it seemed the justices were dubious of the arguments put forth by the Warhol Foundation that the Warhol painting was transformative and in effect a new work that is better and more endowed with meaning than the original photograph, I personally found many of the discussions kind of odd. There was a lot of talk about whether Warhol infused the portrait with additional emotion and meaning that the photograph did not contain. In some of the lines of argument, the Goldsmith photograph seemed to be relegated as a lesser form of art, while the Warhol was more valuable and more important and more meaningful. The entire line of argument about whether justices should try to interpret the meaning and intent of art was misguided, in my opinion. More valid would have been an effort to evaluate the transformative nature of the derivative piece. In other words, it would have been transformative, at least in my mind, if you could no longer recognize the Goldsmith photograph in the final art. If the photograph had been part of a collage, perhaps disassembled and then reassembled with other elements so as to no longer be recognizable, that would be transformative. The Warhol Foundation claimed that the original black-and-white Goldsmith photograph made the young prince look vulnerable, whereas the Warhol painting transformed him into someone who looked iconic. Simply adding color 
and making a few minor edits like removing the torso or altering the angle of the face is not really transformative in my mind. But again, I'm not a lawyer or a judge, and what do I know? But that was also the judgment of the Second Circuit, which ruled in favor of Goldsmith, saying that judges were unsuited to make aesthetic judgments or to try to interpret the intent of an artist in making a work of art. They also said rightfully that the Warhol piece was clearly derived from Goldsmith's photograph and that it, quote, retains the essential elements of the Goldsmith photograph without significantly adding to or altering those elements. In trying to decide whether this was a case of fair use under copyright law, there was discussion whether the photograph was necessary or essential to the final art, the point being that a work can't be claimed for fair use simply because it's more convenient than creating an original work. This line of conversation made no sense to my non-legal mind. Warhol could have taken his own photograph in 1984, but he used the Goldsmith photograph and then proceeded to make unauthorized copies for the color variations. The rest of the variations were held in Warhol's private collection until his death. While I personally do not consider the application of color to the existing image as transformative or particularly meaningful, I do consider the Goldsmith photograph as crucial. Without it, there will be no Warhol portrait. To me, that makes it all the more important that she be paid and considered as a co-author of the Warhol silkscreen painting. An important point to remember, and this was discussed during the oral arguments, is that the entire case is about commercial use of the work, not about art for display in a gallery or museum. Fine art tends to get a wide latitude in the courts, but this case revolves around commercial use of the images. In this case, the Goldsmith photograph could have been licensed to appear in the article about the death of Prince, so the Warhol painting actually competed against Goldsmith's own photograph in a commercial market and decreased her ability to earn income from her own creative product. That's the crux of the case. The Warhol Foundation argued that restricting the use of the Goldsmith photograph would result in a chilling effect, an overall damper on creativity, and a limit to innovation, to which I say bullshit. The justices tried to find comparisons in the examples of music and book-to-film adaptations, which only highlighted how uncomfortable they were in analyzing visual art. But to me, creativity isn't reduced when a copyright holder is duly compensated for their original art. In fact, just the opposite. To me, it's quite simple. Pay the copyright holder if you want to use their work, or go make your own original source material. The implication for photographers, if Goldsmith loses the case, is that any photograph could potentially be used without payment or permission under a fair use claim, as long as it's been modified slightly with resulting image that can be called transformative, a vague term that's wide open to interpretation, as the justices so aptly demonstrated during oral arguments. The verdict on Andy Warhol Foundation for the Visual Arts, Inc. v. Goldsmith isn't expected until next year. That's all I've got for this episode. Thanks for listening. I'll talk to you again real soon.